Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Youngmi Mayer. And I'm Brian Park. And we have an amazing episode for you all this week. Yeah. And uh, I have to say that our guest this week, I'm like such a big fan of. I saw her first um, a few months ago. I forgot when. And then I was immediately like, whoa, this is awesome. Because uh, I hate live music. I don't know if you know that about me. <laughs> I hate it. I hate going to concerts. But I went, I actually went to see Japanese Breakfast because I wanted to support Michelle, obviously. And um, I saw, well, you know, our guest. And I was like blown away. So I'm so excited for this episode today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, yeah, Young May, I think it's time to introduce our guest. All righty. Listeners, you know how to read. You already know who the guest is this week. But if you're not in the know, our guest is an incredibly talented musical artist. Listeners, give your ears to Luna Lee. Hello. What's up? Hello. <laughs> our second ever Canadian guest. Let's go. It, am I? Is that right? Let's just roll with it. You know? <laughs> okay. They don't know. No one's checking. No one's checking. <laughs> our, no. Second, our second ever Canadian guest. Now, Luna, how does it feel to have uh, to have enlightened Young Me, who famously hates live music? <laughs> Feels great. Love to convert people to enjoying a show. I get that though. You know, sometimes it's it's tough when you have to like stand for hours and it's like yeah. the band is coming on late and you're like, what's going on? Yeah, I get that. Oh but I'm glad you enjoyed not, the show. Yeah, like I like live music. I love how it feels and sounds. Like I love that part. But it's like all the other shit. Like I just I'm I'm like too old. <laughs> I can't do the standing in line with all the people. You know, and yeah. like ugh, it's so hard. Like Coachella is my worst nightmare. There's no way you could not pay me to go to Coachella. <laughs> you sure about Literally. that? Yeah, how much money you would sure it take? You sure about that? You sure about that? Because I have a price and I'm down. I'm honestly, if I could get a ticket for a hundred bucks, I'll go. <laughs> no, you couldn't even pay me to go. Like I would, I would just not go. I would just be like, I'm sorry. When we started the podcast, we told ourselves that was a goal: is to do a live podcast recording at Coachella. Headline Coachella. I think we're headed in that direction, honestly. <laughs> Well, I can if I I don't care about performing. I just like would not go to some to watch something like of that like magnitude. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just like oh, yeah. Luna, you mentioned uh, you know musical artists coming on stage late. Is that intentional? Are or are you just like so frazzled? I try and not just to do that. I incidentally, do that. go on like okay. <laughs> It depends. Some people like to do that because it's like building the suspense, you know, mm. fashionably late. Some Sometimes right. there's stuff going on behind the scenes that is very chaotic and you're like frantically getting ready and sometimes you're a little bit late. Mm. All right. Get the peek behind <laughs> the curtain. Interesting. I, know. Yeah. I feel like if I was a musician... I would intentionally go on late to build the suspense, but then when I go on stage, the audience is underwhelmed. Uh, <laughs> they all left. Where the hell's right. Brian? They're just like, what the fuck? Okay, word, I guess you're 20 minutes late. That's fine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, anyways, uh, Luna, we're so excited to you know learn more about you and your incredible artistry. Um, but before we ask you how you feel, Youngmi, how are you feeling? Okay, so... 
here i wanted to talk about this um so i had covid luna like last year no. it's been a while now it's been like a year and a half and i have w- symptoms that are that are still around and it's oh. awful what what are the and symptoms okay so this is it's so intense and it's making me really scared and <clears throat> i didn't really even notice until i talked to my friend who had who whose husband has long covid my heart races out of control all the time and it's like oh shit really scary feeling and my friend um said that that was the <clears throat> the symptom that her husband had after covid like and mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. he's only been better for like two or three months and she's like this entire time he has like this heart racing thing right and he went to a doctor and they're like yeah it's like long covid i to this day you know get this thing almost every day where um my heart just races uncontrollably like i'm running right and then i feel really tired and it'll just be like it'll just be like right now like i'm sitting down and my heart rate is like kind of fast but sometimes it'll just be like super fast and i'll just be like sitting down it's terrifying yo that's really scary same thing really yeah, yeah, Brian also had COVID. I, d- I didn't know that was a symptom of long COVID. I just thought that my body was just doing its thing and being all out of sorts. But that sucks. Yeah, it's a symptom. It's like it's it, a, it happens like in intermittently, right? Just randomly. You, you'll be yeah, standing and then your heart will flutter. Whoa. Yo. Okay, wait, Brian, but mine lasts for a really long time. Like it'll be oh, okay, like that, that for maybe like 30 minutes. Oh, that's awful. Are you thinking about seeing a cardiologist and getting like an EKG I, done? Yeah, I guess I, I don't know. Should I? I, I don't know. It seems like a lot of work. <laughs> and then they're going to be like, oh, it's long COVID. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Or maybe call your mom and see what sort of yeah. remedies she has. <laughs> I don't it's, know. Yeah, it, that's it's so like, scary. Plus like, you know, when you're anxious and you're having like a panic attack or whatever that also is like the same feeling right when your heart's racing yeah yeah and like i feel like having your heart do that can like induce anxiety which in turn just like makes it worse like i feel like that's so scary it's it's like a reinforcing cycle yeah so it's horrible yeah so when that's happening a lot of times i'm like oh do i have anxiety am i having like some sort of anxiety attack and i'm like no i feel fucking fine i'm chilling and it's just my heart's like going nuts that's scary yeah that's super scary Damn, I'm um, sorry. You should me. get it checked out. Yeah, I should go, huh? Well, I was just like, okay, and I didn't even really like, because I'm so bad at like uh, putting a finger on something if something's wrong, like if I'm sick or something. Mm-hmm. I didn't even yeah. realize until my friend told me that was her, well, was uh, that like her husband was going through it. And I was like, wait a minute, this happens to me like <laughs> every day. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I learned that if you contract COVID, apparently your brain size decreases by two percent <laughs> after like every year like like yeah significantly more God. rapidly yeah no. that's a lot two percent is a it's, lot it's a lot that's scary it's a lot well you can take solace in well we only use like what ten percent of our brains five to ten percent that's true so yeah so well i'm hopefully over here two percent <laughs> i'm over here knocking on wood because i like still haven't gotten covid which is crazy so wow Wow. wow i've been you're lucky a, you're a living legend luna <laughs> i'm one of the wow. few <laughs> <laughs> wow <Yeah. laughs> 
Wait, that's that's actually wild to me because you tour and you I know. perform at these But you venues. know what? On tour, we're so cautious. Like, we okay. never take off our masks. Oh, we're not allowed to have anyone backstage. We don't mm-hmm. do indoor dining. Like, pretty much we're only, like, in the van, in the hotel room or backstage or playing the show. And that's kind of all we do because it's, like, very high stakes. If anyone gets COVID, then the whole operation gets shut down, um, yeah. right. which is so... But, like, even when you're performing, though, you know... I know you hate it, young me, but in live music, people like to yell and saliva gets projectiled out of our mouths. I've been pretty vocal about like having the audience wear masks at our shows. Um, and most of the time, people are quite respectful of that. Like I've sent oh, out, so like, great. you know, with the ticket link and stuff, it's like, please wear your mask. Because, yeah, it's just, you know, we're all Damn. taking risks and it's a huge, like, yeah. Huge thing. If I feel like that kind in. of request, you you have to be a punctual artist to make that kind of request. <laughs> you gotta you're be there coming on, on stage late, <laughs> yeah. If you come on stage late and ask everyone to put on their masks, that's that's pushing it. That's yeah. it. <laughs> no, I like yeah. to be on time. <laughs> Wait, how are you feeling, Brian? Um. Well, I am feeling. I'm feeling not funny. That's oh. how I'm feeling. Yeah, I know. And I kind of want to, you know, ask your guys' uh, advice about this. But um, <laughs> right now, I just feel like I'm kind of in a creative, creatively drained, cre- in a creative mm-hmm. rut. You know, I, I, mm. I try to write a little bit. And even just like I, when I in my free time, when I'm trying to think of bits or ideas, I just nothing's there. Well is dry right now. I'm feeling really creatively uninspired and just overall not very funny. So, I don't know. If, if mm. either of you are feeling kind of creatively zapped, what do you guys like to do in those? I personally, I like to think about like creative input and output and how mm. you need to take in inspiration to be able to produce your own creation. Mm. So, mm. I like to like try and get inspired by like, well, for me specifically with music, like going to shows, talking to my mm-hmm. friends who are artists listening to a lot of music, listening to, like, music podcasts, like, watching music mm. docs and stuff like that. And usually that will, okay. like, spark something. I think it's interesting that yeah. you take inspiration from within your own field because that is I, I fucking hate watching comedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Me, too. I, just, I will never watch a stand-up special. Oh, my God. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's that's great advice. I, you know, when I think about it, I I have a tendency to fall into routines and maybe those to go hand in hand where lately I feel like I'm kind of in a routine of things and I need to shake things up and who knows, Mm. maybe do something (laughs) that I usually wouldn't do. Maybe I'll go see a live music show or something. That will. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you should. I won't. But like this is this is what I do. I do. (laughs) I do something similar, but um, like you said, Brian, I get inspiration from other kind of art. Like I'll go to a museum or, you know what I mean? Or I'll like go to a play or something like that. And that will yeah. like motivate me or like nice help me be creative. Um, yeah. But I also feel so unfunny. And But, but I have to say I had this like... Uh, like this like burst of inspiration the other day a few days ago I went out with my friends and drank wine and then the next morning okay. I was really hungover and when I'm really hungover I have this like like uh funny funny moment where and I've heard other comedians <laughs> say this 
like a lot of other comedians have said when they're hungover that's when they start writing their best jokes like mm. waking up like i'll wake up hungover and i'll just be like oh yeah. i feel bad and then i'm just like <laughs> like in my head like i'm just right. like joking with myself and then i get a lot of like new jokes that's great that okay period. i could literally never say that when i'm hungover i cannot accomplish anything simply no I think it's like yeah i think it's like you're f- kind of like funny i think people in general are funnier when they're hungover you know because their <laughs> brains are so like goopy and you're just like trying to survive you're like yeah yeah like brunch like hangover brunch with my friends that's like i am on baby i'm crushing that brunch i'm like making them laugh I'm making the server laugh. <laughs> like, that's when I shine. <laughs> I love that. Well, uh, anyways, you know, I'll, I don't know what I'm saying. See, this is just evidence of like how uninspired I'm feeling right now. But Luna, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling a little scattered, to be honest. Mm. I like this whole month has been so crazy. I like went to New York and then I went to LA and now I'm back. I just got back and I'm like, I did my laundry and immediately I have my suitcase out to pack for the next tour, which like my tour manager's leaving on Sunday morning with all of our stuff. So I have to like pack everything. Then I leave on Wednesday, I think. So it's just like I am in and out. It's go, go, go. My brain is all over the place, but I kind of like it like that. I like being busy. It's fun. Uh, Just a quick question. This is a contentious subject on our podcast. You know, you come back home and you have your suitcase and when do you unpack your suitcase it depends this time i didn't even unpack it because i was like i just need to repack it so i like took some things out i did my laundry but to be honest it probably is like at least a week before like everything i brought is completely unpacked i'm really really bad at it Yes, right. that's how I do it too. Right. Cause it's like that's the suitcase, and I got like my backpack <laughs> and like whatever other bags, and it's like you know, it just ends up in the pile in the corner of the room, and yeah, it's just I can't bring myself to do it. That's how I am. I've had beach bags, you know, like when you go to the beach and you have your like yeah. towels and stuff. I've had beach bags in the corner of my room for like months. It will be winter, <laughs> and I'll be like, oh damn, that's my oh, beach shit. bag. <laughs> But Brian unpacks immediately after getting home. Like it could be 3 a.m. and he unpacks. I could literally never. I wish I was like that. (laughs) Uh, No, because everyone I tell that to, they chastise me and say I'm a fucking psycho. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you're prepared for that. Um, (laughs) But, you know, you you mentioned how you like being busy and you like being scattered. So are you enjoying like this sort of tour nomadic lifestyle? I am. I think the really nice thing about tour is that, well, first of all, I get to play shows every night, which is one of my favorite things ever. But the nice thing is that it really is all consuming. And so Mm. you don't have time to think about anything else. You have to be so present, so in the moment. And so Mm. all of my like anxieties about life stuff that I need to worry about go away because I just simply don't have time to think about that. And so... Mm. It's just like really nice to live in the moment in that way. And it also, it feels like camp, to be honest, because I'm like in the van with all my best friends and we're like traveling and doing all this stuff together. And yeah, it's a good time. That sounds really fun. Yeah, it's I Um, mean, it's really tiring, but it's really. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any unusual requests on your writer? No, I feel like our writer is pretty standard. It's like (laughs) fruit and veggies, chips, 
granola bars, juice, beer. It's like literally Damn. the most standard rider you could ever literally, think of. <laughs> so considerate, <laughs> punctual, and a no, very, very by the book rider. <laughs> yeah. Considerate of the. I the mean, I crew. feel like I'm not at the point yet where I could make any crazy requests. Like, if I did, I'm sure they just yeah. wouldn't fill it. You got to what? get, you you got to, get any, to a certain like, level first, you know? But is that like on a mental shelf somewhere where you're like, oh, I'm going to whip this out once I'm at that level? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but on the on Japanese Breakfast Rider on the last tour, they had puppies, and yo, what? <laughs> yo, and like, you can do that <laughs> a couple of times. Yeah, anything is possible. A couple That's of sick. times, they had dogs come out, and they got to play with dogs, and that was really cute. I could never do that because I'm allergic, but it was really fun to witness that. Oh, that sick! Wow. Damn. That's how you know you made it when you can put right? puppies on your lighter. <laughs> I didn't even know that Fuck. was a. I want kittens. Yes. Kittens are so cute. Yo, um, Ryan, what would you put on your writer? What's like something super outlandish? I don't fucking know. I mean, puppies. Famous. Puppies is a great. Puppies is a great <laughs> one. Um, you know, I don't. I don't drink, but I'm pretty bougie about my candies and my sodas. Oh, so. nice. I, I I get pretty funky with that actually. Maybe get like one of those like six dollar prebiotic sodas on there with like those uh Kasugai Japanese gummies, the ones that are individually wrapped, like the peach flavored ones. Are you gonna ask Honestly, them to that unwrap that all crazy. of them? <laughs> no, be like yeah. they have to be unwrapped. <laughs> yeah. Once I get to the headliner level, I'm like, you're gonna have to unwrap that. <laughs> That'll be my demand. <laughs> um well, anyways, Luna, I'm I'm really excited for us to uh, jump into you know your your career as a as a, an incredibly talented uh, musical artist. Just got to say up top and establish that you're like so incredibly gifted, and it seems like you can play every single musical instrument <laughs> in existence. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, for our listeners who haven't heard your music or have come across your your TikTok jams, like your songs include layers of piano, violin, harp, electric guitar, bass, drums, just everything. And what we want to know is, like, what has been your connection to music and your journey to becoming who you are today? Well, it started off very early. Um, my mom is a very musical person, and uh, as a very young kid, she would teach when I was a very young kid she would teach um music classes for toddlers and mm -hmm. so like we always had that kind of like circle time music time with her me and my brothers and mm -hmm. she would also play the piano and the guitar around the house and when I was five I asked to play asked to take piano lessons and mm -hmm. from there um my mom joined her partner in running a music school when I was a little bit older and then I just like started taking a bunch of different lessons and just grew up being surrounded by this mu musical community of students and teachers and like doing the recitals and having that just be like such a huge part of my life. Like every single day after school, it was like, gotta go to my lesson. Sorry, friends, can't hang out. Um, mm. And so that was just my childhood growing up. Oh, I was going to say, like, even as like a small kid, did you really did you really like musical lessons? Yes, I loved it. Um, yeah. When I was two, I think, um, I was obsessed with The Sound of Music and, mm. like, the musical. And I would watch it all the time and I would, like, run around the house singing 
all the songs, like, pretty much before I could talk. Um, and I think that was, like, a first indicator that I was like, okay, she loves music. And then, yeah, like, mm-hmm. my parents never forced me to do any music. I was the one who initiated, like, can I take piano lessons? I want to learn how to do this. Um, wow. And then That's really interesting. when I was eight, they were like, you can add a second instrument if you want. And then I chose the violin. How do you choose uh, which instruments you want to learn? Honestly, don't remember why I chose the violin. But okay. I guess I was like, it seems cool. I was eight. And um, when I was five, I chose the piano because we had one in the house and I would see my mom playing it all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And I would sit there and, you know, play single notes and bang on the piano and stuff. But um yeah, and then after that, I learned the guitar. I think I started when I was 12. Um, mm-hmm. I think I just kind of wanted to branch out from the classical world because I was doing classical piano and violin. And I was like, I want to learn how to, like, you know, sing covers and do mm. more, like, I guess what I thought would be cool or whatever. When you started to play the guitar and sort of branch out away from, you know, classical orchestral music, like, was your mom, what they think of that? They were into it because the music school that they run, like it's has like classical stuff but they also do like a rock band program and they have guitar mm. lessons and different kinds of music so it's not just one thing um so they were happy for me to expand my musical like knowledge and stuff like that damn i'm always so interested when i hear people who like have this passion at a young age because i was like as a kid i was like you i just didn't want to do anything i feel like <laughs> such a- Wait, I feel like this week all I'm talking about is how much I hate everything. I'm like, I hate <laughs> concerts. I hate doing anything. I'm like a hater. No, but I, I mean, I love, I love music. I love listening to music. But like, as a kid, I like I tried to take piano. Like my parents forced me to do it, and I was like, no. Like it was like torture. So I'm always yeah. like fascinated when I hear people like you who are like, no, I loved it right away. Yeah, it's so. What you described is just so pure and it just <laughs> yep. seems like unfiltered and it makes sense. I'm, I'm quite salty about this where when I was like, I was very passionate about tennis and like I played nice. since I was five and I would like beg my parents to drop me off at the tennis club like first thing in the morning and I would like hit the tennis ball against the wall. <laughs> but, you know, I, my parents like are quite pragmatic and so they like were, weren't all like 100% about it. You know, my mm. dad was, he's very rational. So he's like, well, if you're, if you're not like a, pr- a prodigious talent in this, like w- how far can this take you? Like you should focus on your studies. But it sounds like for your, in your experience, like they were really um, supportive and like cultivated supportive. this musical yeah. Yeah. passion that you had. I feel very lucky to have supportive parents. I feel like, especially like, you know, amongst other Asian creators, like it's a right. rare thing. <laughs> because <laughs> it, it almost is uh you know it, it's opposite to w- what at this point is like a quite like tired or like hacky trope of like tiger moms and like forcing your children to practice piano and do yeah. everything begrudgingly you know honestly i feel really lucky that like i was the one who requested piano to start with like i'm glad that it didn't start with my parents like forcing me to do it because who knows mm-hmm. what that what kind of dynamic that would have created um yeah so i'm glad that like that was the first thing and that i could grow it from there knowing that i had chosen to do it it sounds like you always just knew that you wanted to be a musical artist because yeah. i read that you you know you you went to undergrad at 
like uh, at McGill like for a semester and then you just I dropped did. out after that. Yeah, I mean, after high school, I was like, I guess I should, you know, go to university. And um, I knew that I wanted to do music, but I just didn't really know in what capacity. And mm -hmm. I had been focusing really heavily on violin. And so I auditioned for a few schools with the violin um, and ended up going to McGill for the classical program there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we had this class that was like a lecture series where every week there was like a different speaker and it was like, these are all the different things that you can do once you graduate. And every week I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that either. Um, it was like just, you know, playing in an orchestra, becoming a music teacher, becoming a music theorist mm. or historian or whatever. And I was like, I just, you know, no. these aren't really things that I want to do. And then one week, yeah. one week the jazz program came in and they did this session where they like did a live recording of Use Me by Bill Withers and like the sound engineers were there and they were like setting up all the microphones and recording the whole band. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, this is really cool. This is something I'm actually interested in. And it kind of got mm -hmm. me thinking like, maybe I shouldn't be in classical school right now if this is what's interesting me and the other stuff is not. So. Well, I always, well, I, I know that that program was like classical music. I always find it so interesting where if there's like a, like a course um, where you study to become uh, dot, dot, dot. Do you know what I mean? Like when it's like a creative thing. Because it's like obviously if you play an instrument, I don't know. For me, I'm like, don't you want to become like a musician? You know, like why would you want to go to school and then be like a musical teacher or something? Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> The whole point is that you want to become a musician, right? I don't know. I mean, there's different like different specifications you can have like there was like a music right. education program and there was a performance program I was just right. in like the general music program because I didn't know what I wanted to do yet so I was just in mm. the kind of like overall music vibe but yeah can I so, sorry can I say something about what Brian was saying about you know you you know like you're saying that as a kid you knew right away that you're really into music and you had such a passion and interest in learning instruments I I think that that passion is like so apparent when I watch you perform. Like it just seems like this person loves this. <laughs> and like this is like they have like some sort of I, I don't know if like how you feel about this, but they have like this some sort of inherent thing that I think other people might not have. That's like how it comes across mm. to me. Wow, that's special. Thanks for sharing that. Yo. <laughs> Wow, right? that's high praise. Like, I mean, because it just feels like you're like you're tap. It feels like you're tapping into something music, like it, with your music that like I think other people maybe maybe they do feel, but it's like I don't know. It's just like very apparent with you. I think I appreciate that so much. It's yeah, music is my whole life. So I gotta say that when I saw Tame and Paul live, it seemed like Kevin Parker was <laughs> phoning it in. He wasn't. He wasn't. Oh, he was tapped. phoning it. <laughs> it wasn't tapped was like, so <laughs> not this just no. like meandering about and just like okay eventually all right next song <laughs> wait is tame apala the band where it's like one guy it's only one yeah. guy right and yeah. then what is he playing on stage well he has a band he has a backing band oh he has a, okay yeah i thought it was like one guy on like a MacBook well he like writes everything and produces and records it all himself but then for the live show right He's There's actually like, a really big that, inspo for me. Yeah, is that also your <laughs> musical process too? Yeah, that is. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, for oh, the most okay. part, like I make all my demos by myself and then um for the last record I brought it to my producer and we like built it out the two of us in the studio and just kind of like created a re- studio recording from my demos. Um so it was the two of us, but and then we had to kind of rearrange it for the live show to make it work. That is such a talent. Yeah. The songwriting part is like always what really um impresses me because I feel like yeah you can be like a great singer obviously but like the song that's like a whole other like thing that's so awesome <laughs> hot take you here you I'm sorry I was, just, Wait, I was gonna say the songwriting that's like the last part of any music like song that I pay attention to like lyrics come last for me I feel like everyone's different with that it's interesting like so I talked to some of my friends and they're like the lyrics are the first thing that I hear and I'm the same way where mm. I'm like I listen to like the instrumental first and like the melody and the harmony and then maybe like a couple listens later I'm like okay this is what they're saying in the lyrics but like that just like didn't come out initially because I was paying attention to the other stuff first. What if you picked your songs based on the lyrics that would be weird like I like the song because of the lyrics. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people like who that. do yeah. though. Yeah. Really? It's like I relate yeah. to this it cu- like it it hits. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think I in general, it. a lot of like emo sad boy music is like lyrics first because the instrumentals mm. are like pretty, very minimal. And but it's just, yeah, it's a, oh, that makes sense. Those, those lyrics are speaking to my heart and soul. Yeah. Um, you know, Luna, I was first introduced to your music uh, over the pandemic through your TikTok jams. Nice. And yeah, like, you know, for, for listeners out there who who aren't aware, um, you know, you they're just like short one minute clips where you like which sort of let the viewer like in on your musical production process and you mm-hmm. would play all the instruments and all these things were, would go like super viral. And I guess like from that, like what was that all like for you? Because it, it seemed like you were just like kind of like most of us like cr- stuck in the pandemic and you just wanted Absolutely. to express yourself creatively. Absolutely. It was so weird. First of all. We thought it was going to be two weeks off for the pandemic yeah. initially. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like now I don't have to work for two weeks and like I'll have so much spare time. I'm going to just sit down and make a bunch of music. Um, mm-hmm. So that was an, the initial thought for that. And then, yeah, posting them online and having such a great reception was like very, very cool, but also very interesting because, yeah, like everyone else, I was just stuck inside my house not going anywhere we were on lockdown um right and like it was just wild to kind of log in see all these like numbers and comments and people from all over the world supporting and then i would just mm-hmm. like turn off my phone and be like oh i'm still I'm still in my house nothing nothing yeah. is happening That's... in reality but in the internet world things are going crazy which is yeah really wild i mean obviously everyone went through the pandemic but like yeah that was like such a weird time where it was because i think for everyone uh, i mean for a lot of people their internet um usage went up obviously because there's nothing else to do and my like social media presence did like had like a big uptick during the pandemic and i just remember that feeling too being like wow all this stuff is happening (laughs) (laughs) sitting by myself yeah (laughs) this is cool you know because after i saw those videos i you know searched you on spotify and like kind of dived into your um catalog and found that like you had been producing music for 
a while before that. And I feel it's like... It's true. Right. Like, I think this moment was is, is a nice inflection point of, like, how you were sort of, like, prepared to capitalize on this mm. opportunity, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's funny because I get a lot of comments now being like, wow, you're doing so well. I've been following you ever since you posted those jams. And I'm like, <laughs> that's so great. But also, I was, like, working towards this like for so much longer like i started my first band in 2014 and then yeah and then like started lunally in 2017 and i was like playing shows like twice a week Mm. in toronto like all the time doing lots of yeah lots of live shows playing to no one um yeah but i honestly feel very blessed that i had that coming up because i have the perspective now and i was able to like grow my stage presence and learn how to perform on stage and like really like right yeah get to the point where I feel like comfortable with where I'm at and I don't feel like I'm being thrown into it which is good yeah so you had like the background and the training you know as like a musician and so when you did when you know TikTok sort of like made your fame rapidly I guess not rapidly grow, like rapidly grow. You had the backing to be a musician and a performer, which I think is really important because mm-hmm. a lot of people I think get like TikTok fame who are just randomly, right? Who are not performers. And then they're like not able to follow through because there's It's no hard and there's so, you know, yeah. there's so many eyes on them and they do their first show yeah. in front of thousands of people. And I can't imagine how much pressure that must be i mean there's a lot of comedians that are like that right Mm. brian like i i think there's a lot of like youtuber comedians (laughs) that gain huge followings and then they like do a stand-up show because they can sell out like a whole venue because they're so famous and then it's like crickets oh no crickets (laughs) (laughs) it's a hard thing i mean yeah i think this is for a lot of online creators where i think you're allowed maybe five minutes like Audiences will give you five minutes because they're like hyped to see you, but then that dissipates <coughs> really quickly. And after that, it's oh, like, yeah. okay, what else do you have to bring to the table? Mm. And that's where all that hard work and like blood, sweat, and tears, yada, yada comes through. But- Honestly, there's nothing more terrifying to me than the prospect of having to get up in front of people and try to make them laugh. Like, that is so scary. <laughs> I could literally never. <laughs> I feel like a lot of musicians have told me that, right? <laughs> right? Even like on this podcast, they're like, yeah, I could not imagine telling jokes. Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah, but I've found that every musician is, like, weirdly very funny when I go to live shows. <laughs> but maybe it's just oh, the energy yeah. or the vibe. Like, in between songs. In between no. songs. Yeah, the banter. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I'm drinking a beer. And it'll be, like, the funniest thing <laughs> I've ever heard in that moment. <laughs> Wait, do you do banter in between songs a lot? Sometimes. Um, I feel like I'm still... Well, it depends on the show. Like, I want to keep it kind of tight with the band and just, like, keep it flowing. But sometimes there's there's pauses where I have to say stuff. And I, like, kind of get ner- more nervous about talking in between the songs than I do for, like, mm. actually playing the show. Because I'm like, what am I going to say? Um, yeah. And, like, sometimes I catch myself, like, during the song. I'm, like, playing the song and I'm, like, thinking about <laughs> what I'm going to say in between. And I'm like, just focus and, like, be in the moment. Why am I doing this? Yo, that's so funny. <laughs> You're, like, funny. thinking of bits to say in that yeah. like, one-minute interval. <laughs> yep. I, I feel like it's a vibe thing, though, because I recently saw Interpol, <laughs> and they're one of my favorite bands ever, but uh, they kind of have, like, a dark and moody um, sort of, like, aesthetic to them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. zero banter, like, all business. Mm. They're like, oh, that was... 
that was the song evil our next song is this and everyone's yeah. like that's that's fucking sick like, <laughs> just just yeah. all business <laughs> my favorite thing is when there's a band that's like really sad or heavy music and then in between like they say the funniest thing because then you get like oh, you're like in the fields and then you can laugh too that's the best. Yeah, we should start doing that, Young Lee. Like, when we do jokes. Play like, music. You know, musicians <laughs> will, like, tell you the inspiration for the joke, you know? You're like, yeah. In between the jokes? <laughs> they're like, yeah, so this I'm mentally joke. ill. And, uh, this yeah, next this next joke, joke is about that. <laughs> like, insane. Um, That's so well, weird. I'm gonna do um, Luna, you know, uh, thanks in part to labels like 88 rising and artists like japanese breakfast mitsuki and more it sort of feels like we're living in this golden age of so many talented asian artists in the industry and um you know we were wondering like especially when you were coming up through the scene was there did you ever feel that your talent was written off because of your race i definitely felt out of place and in mm. turn yes i think so um because, like, the scene that I came up in was, like, this very specific garage rock scene in Toronto and, like, mm -hmm. plenty of great people, but, like, not a whole lot of diversity. Like, it was mostly white men mm. playing in rock bands. And, like, I definitely felt like I, you know, would be, like, just stuck at the beginning of the bill or, like, not mm. taken as seriously. Um, and I guess, like, yeah, it's, like, the intersection of, like, being Asian and being a woman that I just yeah. really felt like... I had to prove myself because I didn't think that I fit in or like would be taken seriously. So I definitely felt this like extra pressure to be like, I have to be on it. I have to be perfect so I can like prove myself, mm. which is like, you know, yeah. now I feel a lot more like confident in myself and I'm like, I'm just like right. going to do my thing and I don't have to worry about that. Like, I don't need to like prove myself to some white guys in a band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, I was going to say, uh, that's interesting that you brought that up because I didn't even consider the genre part of it. But that mm -hmm. makes so much sense because the genre of music that you play is, uh, it. I mean, I guess most genres of music are like white guys, right? But like, <laughs> but like Wait, it, that genre to, to me just feels very much like there's no room for anyone here but us, you know? Yeah. And like, I think I've definitely... From Toronto, or is he from? He's Montreal? from Calgary, I think. Oh, okay. Which Sorry. is also in Canada, <laughs> but um, what was I gonna say? I can't remember. Never mind. It's okay. Brian cut you off. You were like, "Well, speaking on men in the industry, you don't make room for and me." I cut Brian, you off. excuse me, I was like, excuse me, Luna. Um, excuse me. Uh, can I learn a little bit more about Mac can DeMarco, Mac DeMarco, please? Marco? <laughs> Back to <laughs> Brian, me. that was so oh funny. Oh my god! Wait, no, but wait. Well, since you forgot, I'm I'm gonna say that I I was gonna say that. Oh, um, I I don't know if you feel. I'm I'm just saying this because you're so successful and you're so brilliant. You know, like when you go in a room, like for it reminds me of like doing uh open mics for stand up comedy, where I would go in and it would always be like twenty fucking white guys, and they'd be like, oh god, here she is, uh, whatever, she's gonna suck. And then it like feels good to go in there and sort of like hold your own. Yeah, absolutely. Is there also an element of style too? Like, cause you mentioned like garage rock and mm. you know, an Asian woman, like for you to come into the scene, like with this classical music background and like introduce these instruments that aren't really like 
being implemented mm -hmm. in this scene. Okay. Is there an extra obstacle there too? Yeah. And that actually reminded me of what I was going to say. This is what I'm saying. I'm feeling oh, scattered. Yes. I'm feeling scattered. I don't remember anything. It's just like chaos. But anyway, um, yeah. So basically when I quit McGill, I came back and like there was this huge garage rock moment happening in Toronto. And I was like, okay, well, I feel like I will try and kind of fit into that because, you know, the violin doesn't seem like a cool instrument. Especially, mm. like, I don't know. I feel like there's this, like, stereotype of, like, the nerdy Asian kid who plays the violin. And I yeah. was, yeah. like, yeah. feeling, I guess, like, that wasn't cool and that I should, like, play the guitar instead. So that was definitely an element of, like, let me just try and fit into the scene and forget about my classical mm. background for a sec. Um and then kind of slowly I was like, I want to try to implement the violin. Like, I don't know how to add this in without it feeling like too country or folksy because that's not the vibe I want. Mm -hmm. But then um, one birthday, I asked my grandma to get me a loop pedal for my birthday. She had no idea what that <laughs> was, but she was like, sure. And then um, I like plugged my violin into it and I realized that I could like really layer it and make it sound orchestral and lush. And I was like, this is the sound. So like mm. through that, I was able to kind of discover how I wanted to implement the violin. And then from there, I also started learning the harp and like mm. started getting a bit into like learning jazz guitar and so mm -hmm. the genre definitely definitely developed from there, and I would not call my music garage rock at all uh, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, that I see so many parallels with comedy too, don't you, young me? Because I mean, like when you're first starting out, there's like a pervasive yeah. tonality yep. and style that you yeah. see a lot of comics do. But and then, you have to sort of squish yourself into that weird group of guys, and then you're right. like, oh wait, I'm doing my own thing. Right. But ultimately, like the comics who end up, you know, succeeding into, quote unquote, the next level are the ones who like when you first saw them, they were kind of different and weird. But then, yeah, over time, you're like, oh, this is distinct and unique and this is valuable because everyone else is this is so different from the usual shit, like the usual sound, the usual noise. And I feel like that's sort of what the flavor that you like kind of. It sounds like that's sort of like the path you took in the mm -hmm. Toronto garage rock scene of just like, well, yeah. fuck you guys. I'm going to do my own shit. Yeah. And it's going to be better. Exactly. You realize that like playing to those strengths and those things that make you different are actually what makes it cool. That's like so awesome because you are so unique. It's like it's hard to like sort of describe you. And it, it makes sense that you couldn't fit in that box that those other people easily couldn't fit into. Can I ask you about what you said about the... Um, Asian kid, nerdy violin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I guess my question was like, I, th I think a lot of times, you know, especially because you are so talented and so good at music, a lot of times, like, I don't know, did you ever get this feeling from people? Like a lot of times you'll see these like five-year-old Asian kids and there's like piano geniuses. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then people are like, people always say something so fucked up. They're always like, well, their mom probably forced them into playing piano until their fingers yeah. bled or something. Yeah. Like, that. like, did you ever feel that people were doing, putting that sort of stereotype on you at all? Or I guess there was moments like that where, you know, kids will say things in the schoolyard yeah. or whatever. Like, you know, kids just repeat 
the shitty things that their ad- that their parents say and like don't know what it right. means. And so I found like growing up as a kid, I found it a lot harder to feel like I fit in because kids would make those comments. Um, and like obviously now they're older and they know that's not okay. Yeah. And like I've surrounded myself with a community who's like really just like so much better than that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think like there was definitely moments of that little moments like that growing up it's so weird because it's like oh here's this rant of like asian kids like it's like a stereotype that they're good at musical instruments but like somehow they turn that into a negative i know know what i mean it's like why are you so good yeah or like Like, you're good at math then like why yeah yeah I, that, I totally get that, young me. It's like... Right? It so it become weird. It's almost like this weird new like expectation or like this new birth of a stereotype. So when, when an Asian like child prodigy does do like Carnegie, like Carnegie Hall recital, it, in some yeah. ways it's like discredited. Like it's like, oh, it's not that impressive because... Because they're like, Asian. It's like, yeah. it's kind of like the new norm, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucked up. It's... Yeah, I think I forgot who, but the, we recently had a guest on that said, oh, you all some people would say to her because she was Asian. Oh, you all are so smart. And so when she would get something in her career, people would be like, yeah, because it's it's because you're Asian instead of like being like, no, you worked really hard. Yeah. It's like taking away, taking away your personal hard work that you did, you know, when you're learning instruments and music. That's so crazy. It's like you're not seeing this person as like a multi-dimensional person. Like this is like a real a human. real yeah, human. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of being multi-dimensional, I want to this is probably a question we should have asked earlier, but <laughs> you know, your your stage name Luna Lee, is that like can you describe like what's the inspiration behind that and have you always performed with like a stage name? Yeah, I so before Luna Lee, I had this band called Veins. And it was a band and but it was still the kind of the same setup where I like wrote all the music and stuff. But I just wanted yeah. to kind of hide behind the facade of a band because I wasn't really ready to be like a solo artist. I was a little yeah. shy starting out. And then I was like, OK, I want to change this to like a like a stage name. And okay. I had been using a lot of moon imagery and nature imagery in my music. And I always like felt really connected to the moon. I just felt like it had this like such such a magical and feminine power and so that was an inspiration in the music and I was like I really like the name Luna and then somehow the name Luna Lee like just ended up on my list of Mm. potential names I can't really remember how it got there but it just kind of like maybe came to me and then me and my friend slash bandmate went around the street and like asked people which name they liked from our list Mm. (laughs) and people liked Luna Lee so that kind of just became the name and I really like having an alter ego slash stage name because it helps me like well first of all like separating my personal life from this like more public life is I feel like healthier healthier for me and also it helped me work on my stage presence and be able to like perform bigger mm-hmm. knowing that it wasn't so vulnerable just being like me bearing myself to the audience but I could step into this persona who could be more confident and big on stage and that really helped I love that yeah because Brian and I talk about how we grapple with because you know we have a podcast and it's very open it's mm-hmm. like all this information all and it's like really us and then I think Brian was saying that he like separates it in his head by thinking, oh, it's like it's like podcaster Brian, not 
Yeah. What if you had an alter ego, Brian? Yeah, that's the thing. Except I don't have a, I don't have a stage (laughs) name. So when people come up to me and they're like, "I love your podcast," and I'm like, "That wasn't me." (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) You know my name. Hello. Yeah, well, maybe we should consider that, young man. We should uh, come know, up with right? uh, s- alter egos for our podcast. <laughs> I think yes. I do. I think there is a part of me that does that because I think it is, you know, I think performing is really hard and it's very vulnerable, you know. It so is. I totally understand, like, how you're explaining this uh, different name. And, you know, like, obviously mm-hmm. it's different than what you look like in everyday life because you are dressed a certain way. And that's kind of like a, a mask that, that it's like a protective mask or something yes. like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, Luna, in earlier interviews, uh, you've said that your debut album, Duality, was written in a time when you were sort of trying to find your place in the world. And mm-hmm. Duality is an ode to your Korean Canadian heritage and, as mentioned earlier, diverging from your classical orchestral backgrounds. And I guess now, like in the aftermath of Duality's release, would you say that you feel a bit more secure in your place in the world now? Definitely. I would say even that, like, in the creation of the album, I was figuring out where I belonged. But then kind of in making the album, I carved my own space, which is cool. Um, But yeah, I mean, the very first inklings of the album started up when I was in that garage rock scene, because it took me a long Mm -hmm. time to create this album. And I was writing it and recording it and redoing things and adding things for just over four years. And Mm -hmm. uh, I had like a big period of growth through that where I like really found my sound and found myself as one does in their early 20s. Um, And so, yeah, I definitely feel like much more secure in myself, much more confident. And like, that's the nice thing about growing up. It's like every day you just like, become more you which is cool (laughs) i like i like how you put that growing up is like not turning into something else you're just becoming yourself more yeah even more (laughs) (laughs) damn i feel like i've as i've gotten older i just become more chaotic and scatterbrained (laughs) but maybe that's just the core of who i am then (laughs) i just have to embrace that I didn't realize, um, Brian, I have to say in this conversation, I've learned so much about, I didn't know that you went to so many concerts. You're like, then I, when I was at watching Interpol, and I'm like, when did Brian go to all these concerts? <laughs> yeah. I'm glad Yo, that you I'm know like, not to invite me, because I'd be like, Brian, no, I'm not going to go watch Interpol with you. No. Yo, that's that's who I am at the core. I was a, I was a fucking, I was so fucking annoying in high school, like... <laughs> My inter- my entire personality was just scouring music, but like really esoteric music blogs, and then just like oh lording no. that over other people. I'm like, yeah, well, this band is an offshoot of this lead <laughs> singer's project. Aww. Like, but you didn't know that. And yeah, I was like, live or die by Pitchfork. You were that Ugh, guy. So, oh my so god. Cringe. I was hundred percent that guy. <laughs> That's so funny. And wow. Yeah, you know. In any case, uh, <laughs> should, should Luna, we go on to the yeah? We're gonna we're gonna go into the second half of this podcast. We like to call it the lightning round, but there there are no time constraints. We need absolutely to, no. Time. Yeah, no time constraints. Honestly, we should probably <laughs> do what Luna did and go out into the streets and write some new names for this segment and just be like. Hey, which of these names do you like the most? Which one speaks to just, you? Yeah. Do I think it. we should just call it questions. So we're going to go into time. question yeah. time. 
You need a little jingle here. <laughs> Question time. <laughs> Question time. <laughs> or, or do what Interpol did. Uh, so that was the first half of the podcast, and now we're going into question time. <laughs> uh, Luna, what is something you're loving right now? Something I'm loving right now is there's so many things that I love right now, to be honest. I'm just like trying to think of what would be the most Top meaningful of the dome. thing. List them, list them. There's list no wrong them all? answers. Okay. Yeah, list them all. I'm loving. Um, like really leaning on music lately and then mm. like going mm. through some personal stuff and like it's kind of nice to remember that like music is always there for you and i don't know i just feel like deeply connected with music right now which is great mm. all different kinds great. of music so obviously music yeah that's why we're all here um and then Another thing I'm loving is just being in the sun. Like, I was in L.A. the oh. last week, and, like, yes. it makes such a big difference to my mental health. I just yes. don't think I can spend another winter in Toronto because it makes me so depressed, and it's so, so cold, and it's gray every day. And, like, I just thrive in the sun. I'm a summer person. And, yeah, just getting to, like, spend time in L.A. and just, like, have it be warm and beautiful every day makes me happy. So I'm loving that. Sick. Yeah, I don't know I if that. I can survive another winter period either. <laughs> Let's go to LA. Let's go to LA yeah, this winter. I'm moving to LA. <laughs> All right. Listeners, you heard it here first. Luna, Young Me, and I are moving to LA. <laughs> <laughs> um, Luna, you said, uh, who are you listening to these days? Or like, what's a name an artist that like people might be surprised that you're like, that's playing in your... Um, if you have an iPod, an iPod. Oh my iPod. God! I wish I had iPod my iPod Classic. still. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Joni Mitchell lately. Mm, I nice. That's one where it's like the lyrics. The lyrics come first. Oh, yeah. um, the lyrics are very good. You're right. I yeah. understand now. Um, and I think yeah, she just is such an amazing writer, and I think I've like because I focus so much on the jams and everything. The last couple of years, I like sort of lost my momentum a little bit with writing poetry which i used mm. to do a lot and mm -hmm. the poetry that would become my lyrics um and i'm trying to get back into that a little bit more because i always find that i write more interesting stuff when it comes from poems and mm -hmm. so it's nice listening to wow. Joni because her lyrics are so brilliant and beautiful and it's and good inspiration yeah that's awesome oh, that's awesome yeah and she's canadian well, Luna. <gasps> and she's canadian yes nice. <laughs> uh conversely what is something you're hating right now um i feel like there's so many different ways i could answer this question but i don't know the state of the so world the, i guess give us the least diplomatic response oh the state of the world the state of the world is it's a good one that is yeah um <laughs> yeah it's just fucked out there right now and like every day in the news there's just something horrible and I don't know. It's just hard to deal with. I find myself shutting myself out of that and not trying not to yeah. think about it. But it's like, I also want to care. Um, right. And like, we just had an election yesterday in Ontario and it did not go well. <gasps> so oh. I don't know anything depressing. about this. I'm sorry. That's okay. We just have like Doug Ford as our premier and he kind of sucks. Oh God. And he got reelected, oh. which is really depressing for everybody because... He's just been like cutting funding to everybody who needs it and oh. no yeah. So 
I'm hating that. <laughs> All right, we we were hating Doug Ford on this yes. podcast. <laughs> um, also, I think Canada just announced that they're banning the sale of assault rifles, or they were like oh. going to move forward with me- with those types of measures. So. I mean, that's a good thing. That's a silver lining. Shouts to Canada for. Yeah. I actually didn't hear about getting, that, but we have in the ball rolling. Yeah, we have like obviously much more strict gun laws than the U.S. So. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> our now this is an exciting, uh, the, an exciting uh, point in our podcast where. Listeners, if you want to hear Luna's answer to what she's ashamed of, you're going to have to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash feelingasian because uh, guaranteed our list, all of our guests give us give us the hits. This is the juicy shit that you're going to want to <laughs> pay a premium for. Yeah, people, so, always get, people always spill the tea of, on, on this portion. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Luna. <laughs> so, about to open Luna, up what is, <laughs> what is something you're ashamed of I would say like well Luna thank you so much for just being yourself and being down to clown and being so open <laughs> and vulnerable with us thus far but uh, before we let you go uh, we'd like to ask our guests this one last question and that is what is something that you're proud of Um, I think I'm proud that like I've been able to navigate this crazy journey and like Mm. with my head on my shoulders and like staying firm to my beliefs. There have been like a lot of ups and downs with obviously we talked about like, you know, not fitting in to the music world and also just like in the music industry, people will try to like change you or like change Mm. your sound and push you into a box. And I feel like, I've had a lot of those encounters, but I've stayed very true to like my vision and my art. And I'm really Mm. proud that I was able to like release my album and have it be something that felt really authentic. And I was able to like really just stick to that the whole time. Mm -hmm. So I hope to continue in that way. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really, uh, it's very like moving. I think Brian was saying, yeah, like, you know, it must, I, I'm going to just say this, it must be hard to be so, you know, like unique and so talented, but in a way that's like very new and fresh. Cause like, you know, you were saying like when you're coming up in music, it's like almost like there is no, no box here for me and I have to make my own box. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like that, that must be really hard, but you have like done such a tremendous job at doing that and like creating a, like a box for yourself because one didn't Thank exist you. before so yeah i yeah. really appreciate that um for our listeners out there where can they find you and your work online um you can follow me at lunally 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 three times <laughs> l-u-n-a-l-i um i have pretty much every social media so you can check it out um you can see me on tour i'm going on tour with charlotte day wilson in Canada and then I have some more tour dates to announce for the fall and I'm going to Europe in November wow so that's exciting first time that's awesome sick wow that's so sick amazing and what about you Youngmi where can they find you um you can find me at YM Mayor or Youngmi Mayor on TikTok um how about you Brian 
you guys can find me online at it's brian park and follow our podcast on our socials at feeling asian podcast uh we're everywhere and yay so it's time to do some patreon shout outs now if you've always wondered what is the best way to support feeling asian the answer is patreon Go check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash feelingasian. Young Me and I, we have a bunch of different subscription tiers. Basically, a lot more content behind the paywall. Check it out. Support the podcast. But any donation amount gets you a shout-out. And without further ado, this week's shout-outs. Let's go! First shout-out goes out to Kevin Kiawopas. Kevin, I am going to guess that you are a meteorologist that loves Japanese curry. I'm talking, you're eating that at least twice a week. And you're just a great meteorologist. I don't think I've ever guessed anyone is a meteorologist, but numbers, baby. There's gotta be one of y'all out there. Next shout out goes out to Emily fucking Kim. I wanna note that Emily wrote her name as Emily fucking Kim. Pretty badass, but at the same time, specifically requested that we shout out her brother, Kevin Kim. Wow, thoughtful queen. Emily, I'm going to guess that, well, both you and your brother are former Korean churchgoers, but now very chaotic, and you both work in the music industry. Something cool, probably A&R. Y'all wear a lot of jewelry, lots of chains, just overall cool vibe. We wear sunglasses indoors, but in a cool way. Next shout out goes out to Sua Lee. Sua, I'm gonna guess that you are a research scientist who loves raw steak. I, I don't know where that came from. It was just a vision but I'm sticking by it. Let me know if I'm right. Next shout out goes out to Adrian. Adrian, I'm gonna guess that you're a rock climber who loves organizing. Overall, you have your shit together, very type A, but very fun to be around. And you're also very funny. But your apartment is very clean, and you're quite anal about keeping it clean. Last shout-out goes out to Ruby Lawrence. Ruby, you're a ceramicist. You drink old fashions. Or is it old-fashioned? I don't know. Old, whatever the whiskey cool person drink is. And you always wear a leather jacket. AKA, you're very intimidating. It's not your fault that you have a cool vibe and you have cool taste. But if people can get over the initial intimidation, they will learn that you are an incredible person. So nice. Well, that concludes our shout outs this week. Great group. What a great group. Round of applause. But most importantly, thank you for supporting the podcast. And once again, if you would like to do so, you can do it at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Wait, can we'll I say something before before we leave, Brian? Uh, yeah, I course. have been scratching my ass the whole time. 
And I just realized that like in the reflection, if you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> you can see it. I've just been, oh wait, you can't, good. Okay, good, because the printer is blocking it. Oh, I've just, I don't know Thank why. Thank God I was for just the like, printer. So you're gonna Damn, see a lot that, of my arms doing this. Is it the long this. COVID? <laughs> it's the long COVID. I don't know why today I was just like, I've just been like squeezing my butt. Like it's not even itchy, it's just kind of fun. I don't know what I'm doing cool. anyway. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, I think that's a perfect note for us to leave y'all yes. on. See you here next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.